Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Such a greeting from pulpits by pastors is well known. You've probably heard that a long time throughout your life. I remember my pastor often opening with those very words of greeting. This apostolic greeting by St. Paul you heard today to the Corinthian church, though, was not as casual as you might think about it today. Instead, there's a huge emphasis in those opening words on grace before peace because it takes us to the highest goodness of God's greatest gift given by the gospel. Free and full forgiveness to those neither entitled or deserving anything. Grace is the source of peace for the church, peace for the baptized. And so it always rests on God's great reconciling love toward us. Before Paul's greeting of grace that we hear to the Gentiles, because that's whom he was sent to, Today you also hear in the gospel reading John the baptizer and how he delivered it this way to Israel. He didn't say grace to you and peace. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. How true and good is that about the Messiah? Many sermons revolve around that during the time of Lent. But here's the thing. Corinth was a city and a world far removed from John and how he preached to the Jews. Paul established a church in this far more remote city on his second missionary journey. His first letter comes just a few years later after he is no longer in their midst, after about a year and a half. He departs, and a couple years later, here's the letter we have. This greeting of God's grace in Christ that he gave was a necessary thing to hear right up front. Because these Corinthian converts were in a mess. The rest of Paul's letters, and I remember doing a whole Bible study series. You know, Pastor, it took forever to get through. But we did 1 Corinthians here, a whole study on that. And it is just full of all kinds of darkness that captivated the Gentile Christians. It went from big social issues we think about today, from factional pride, sexual morality, breakdown of family, laws in the civil courts, to greater pains like eating meat at idols and causing offense to the weak in faith, um, abusing the Lord's Supper, and when you get to the end of the book, yep, some are even denying the bodily resurrection of Jesus. This list is extensive and it's exhausting to consider. But Paul gives the key today in his opening words. Where we begin says a lot about where we will end. And so only with Jesus does God's grace abound for all our days to be, yes, in his peace. 
What began by grace in Jesus Christ came as God's call being a gift. Before his greeting, Paul gives in those opening verses, just the first two verses, he gives the truth of the light that had shined upon the Corinthians. This is the epiphany season kind of emphasis coming out in the epistle reading. It's all about revealing, right, in the light. Paul was called, he said, first verse, to be an apostle, just as they were called to be saints. As Jesus, as you well know, saved Paul, a persecutor of the church, by a pure act of grace, and sent him to the Gentiles, far outside the comforts of a Pharisee's realm of lawfulness, so too those in Corinth were to see how Jesus sanctified them by the same undeserving grace. It was not in some miraculous appearance like Paul had in the road to Damascus, right? But it was still there for them, Jesus, as he came by the justifying word and gift promised, especially in baptism to those sinners. The church in Corinth was not a mere business or an institution like the rest of the Roman operations in that city. And it's essential port to remember that today. Grace by the gospel was far-reaching, and it belonged, get this, to the expansive work of God and nobody else. Corinth had no exclusive rights, but was only a manifestation of grace by the gospel in that place. But here's the key. Jesus as Savior of sinners already sanctified them to be saints separated from the world, to join in holiness, not of men, but received by God's grace, and as he said, together with all those in every place who call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So all the manifestations where God was doing good and revealing the gospel. Our Corinth today of secular society worships men to be God and also is a market-driven success of glory. And it begs us to confess as we do in the creed I believe in one holy, Catholic, or Christian, and apostolic church. There's nothing else. There's no other comfort. If you go in any direction, you're going to fall off the horse. It truly is, I believe, in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. And so the ongoing grace, then, from Jesus Christ is necessary for God does make us rich. That's the whole point of the Corinthians, to find out that even though in a rich city with rich things going on and glories, they already had a far richer grace in Jesus. And so giving thanks again for the call to Christ, Paul celebrates how in every way you were enriched in him, in all speech and all knowledge. Speech does not, learning how to have polite words, that's not what it's talking about. And knowledge is beyond just like Bible bingo or something, Bible quizzes, all right? It's much more than that. Corinth, full of wickedness, 
was still sophisticated as a, as a people in the way of Roman life. This city was a major hub um, of comings and goings with peoples and cultures, money and glory, and most certainly success. Besides these worldly aims, with all that going on like we feel in our pluralistic world today, you've got religions, tons of spiritualities, and yes, lots of good fancy philosophies to think about stuff in a different way. Besides these worldly aims, these Christians had to only come to one conclusion. They had to stop looking and feeling kind of less than everything else, because in the end, they kept being tempted and they kept turning because of this reality into snares of sin, abuses with life, and even distorting Jesus. That was the end conclusion. What came by the call of the gospel is also grace from Christ that makes poor sinners like us rich. That these gifts are not the same as the demands and works necessary for this life. Speech and knowledge is referring to true doctrine of God's word. And knowledge is talking about, about life having come out of the cross of Jesus Christ, which would be completely foolish in that kind of Corinthian world. But the church has that by grace. It is truth and life being an entrustment a gift given. And so C.F.W. Walther, first president of our church in America, said these words, and we're not more worthy than those who do not have them, talking about doctrine and this life out of the cross. He says, instead, we've inherited them from our fathers as God's free gifts. He has given them to us purely out of grace. In place of deficiencies, is to be thankfulness over what Christ has established with the gospel, to receive from his holy word and sacraments all that it would be. And so such gifts given are things like this, forgiveness for sins, new life for what is God-pleasing, comfort against crosses, and most certainly victory over death. To the end, to end with grace, finally on Jesus Christ is what keeps God's faithfulness for our peace. The Corinthians were preoccupied with present circumstances, but Christ was at work for their salvation, as he's worked for you. Paul gave the weightier matter that belonged to a greater faithfulness by God. Jesus was sustaining them despite disgrace or persecution or sinful failures. And he says he was sustaining them to the end, guiltless in the day. Of course, this is the day that is coming with a new kind of kingdom and a kingdom that they already were meeting with grace and full amongst kingdoms of men that were not so gracious. Peace 
not as the world gives or man makes, but by God's grace that faithfully gave fellowship to the Corinthians in his son. As an apostle, Paul was going to address the present problems. He was going to diagnose. He was going to speak to the many and big issues. And he was also going to treat them with the cure that came with Jesus for sinners. But always with perfect peace that was already prepared for them, as for Paul, in Jesus. And that's why they could go through that stuff. That's why we can stuff, whether individually or as a church, because of Jesus. Some would say Lutherans do not give enough credit to works. But it's just where their confidence given in the sacrifice of Christ and what he delivers of forgiveness. There is plenty to do and to address today. But that is not the hope blameless. So you know like anything in the family, when you got to bring up something to the wife or in the family issues or at work, you know it's going to cause conflict and struggle. But not only walking with you, but before you and behind you. And as always, God with us, with a light better than whatever darkness may come upon us. There is, God is faithful to give us fellowship in his son. So it means a big thing today, if we have fellowship in Jesus, there is no church unto yourself. That's like me being a preacher and preaching to the wall. Pastors have got to have people. And just like people have to have a pastor. This is good news. Because God is faithful with that kind of fellowship in Jesus. And it means also that personal interests or social comforts are not the church. That doesn't last. And those things do change. But the service of Christ remains to save sinners and bless his saints unto the end. It is a fellowship of the baptized and a life nourished by Christ as he comes with that gospel again and who is truly present in Holy Communion. So you want me to summarize the opening words of what pastors should say if I was speaking to more of a non-Gentile church. Behold, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. But there's nothing stagnant, is there, with those opening words of Paul that pastors use? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, if this is how Paul begins his letter to the Corinthians... Is it a surprise to see how he might end the letter? Let's look at the end of, of, of 1 Corinthians. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. That's pretty personal. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. Our Lord, come. The grace of the Lord be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. There is no other way with the gospel, no better news to hear as we go through this life, nothing better for the struggles you face or for the sake of this church, but Jesus for you and for us. Only with Jesus does God's grace abound for all our days. Yes, to be in his peace.
Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding be with your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. At this time, then, we confess, not just as our church, but with the church this morning, the words of the Nicene Creed. Please rise. I believe.